Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host, Tim. And Shannon. It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. And welcome to Right Spokane Perspective. On this Thursday episode, we have Councilman Al Merkel from the City of Spokane Valley in with us today. We're going to jump into a conversation about what's going on out there after inspiration. Our inspiration today is Can't Out Love God. When my now grown son, Xavier, was in kindergarten, he stretched out his arms wide and said, I love you this much. I stretched my longer arms wide and said, I love you this much. Planting his fists on his hips, he said, I loved you first. I shook my head. I loved you when God first put you in my womb. Xavier's eyes widened. You win. We both win, I said, because Jesus loved both of us first. As Xavier prepares for the birth of his first child, I'm praying he'll enjoy trying to outlove his son as much as making sweet memories. But as I prepare to be a grandmother, I'm amazed at how much I loved my grandson from the moment Xavier and his wife told us they were expecting a baby. The Apostle John affirmed that Jesus' love for us gives us the ability to love him and others. Knowing he loves us gives us a sense of security that deepens our personal relationship with him. As we realize the depth of his love for us, we can grow in our love for him and express love in other relationships. Not only does Jesus empower us to love, but he also commands us to love. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. When it comes to loving well, God always wins. No matter how hard we try, we can't outlove God. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us first so that we can love others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, it's a good thing that we can depend on God's love and and obviously him preparing a place for us and also having sustenance through God because it looks like our legislature is going to be taking a lot away from us here in the supplemental budget. The legislature is busy taking away all sorts of rights and affecting our local governments with other mandates, our developers and zoning. And there's just so many things that the legislature is doing and uh, they're using our money to do all those things. And so we're going to have less in the future. So go to rightsbookhandperspective.com and check out our prayer guide for the Washington State Legislature because imagine the power of the entire body of Christ intentionally praying for our government leaders on a daily basis. Yeah, rightspokaneperspective.com. We do have that prayer list, all the legislators on there. And I know that with many of the bills that have been proposed and things that are going on in the legislature, you need to not just pray for them to have wisdom, but many of them are going to need redemption after this session. So make sure you hit that prayer list and, uh, you know, love on the legislature, not as much as they love on you because I we already give them enough donations. So that being said, we're going to jump into a conversation with Al Merkel, City of Spokane Valley. Councilman, how are you doing tonight? I am doing very well. Thank you for having me on the show. So what's going on in the city of Spokane Valley? Yeah, absolutely. As you guys know, I am new to the council, kind of uh, making a big splash there, uh, uh, really dealing with a lot of challenges, challenges that were kind of left from the previous council, $20 license tabs, a shortage in police, um, you know, budgets that haven't kept up with our growth. Um, and then definitely right now, the biggest one that I was dealing with last last week is Sprague being uh, uh, reduced down to three lanes. Here in Spokane, I think they call that a road diet. For whatever reason in, in our city, we decided to label that as a stormwater project. So the uh, 
area of Sprague, I know a year or two ago, I remember driving down Sprague and there was a bunch of cones blocking off lanes. I'm like, I, I didn't see any construction. I didn't see anything happening there. So that must've been them doing a pilot project to study traffic flow without those extra lanes. Cause it's five lanes wide now. Right. That's absolutely right. And, uh, you know, I was deep in the middle of my campaign, so I guess I didn't follow that one as closely because I, like you, just thought it was a pilot project. We were going to report on it, and then we were going to go through several design phases and other things. Apparently that's all been done because construction starts this year. And uh, I can just tell you, you know, there are a lot of things I don't know about this project, but one thing that I do know is that the Valley citizens are against this. This is not something the Valley citizens want. Well, we've seen this in the city of Spokane. Uh, when I was campaigning years ago, the big issue was Crestline and Crestline got the road diet. A lot of folks use that to commute and it's definitely caused a lot of vehicles to sit idling at stoplights and you know long lines of traffic we've seen that on monroe which has obviously it's worked it slowed down traffic but it also pushed about 30 percent of the traffic load over to other roads the right. one ways maple and ash and and so we're just kind of moving traffic i think that you know slowing down for safety i can see good cause for that but also a lot of it had to do with stormwater projects that i know the state of washington the department of ecology is pushing municipal governments to get a lot of that rainwater stormwater out of the combined sewer system and you know putting it into swales and so we see that on these road diets but it kind of messes up parking it causes a lot lots of issues for commuters and backups and people just zooming through neighborhoods because they're avoiding the road diets absolutely absolutely and for me the funding issues are really really chief here because uh we're using two hundred thousand dollars in uh general fund funds for this project that's money that we i've talked a lot about funding in spokane valley that's money that we actually could use for a police officer because that is renewable funds that come into our general fund every year so right now we're talking about a police shortage that's money that we could use for that Another piece is that this is being funded by an STA grant. What's really mysterious to me about that grant is that that uh, in the narrative, it says it's designed to assist with roads that are at a 50 to 60 percent PCI, which is basically a failing, you know, deteriorating road. But in this application, we noted that this section of Sprague is 85 to 90 percent PCI. So in other words, Pretty pristine. Pretty good road. Now, I know that the move here in the city of Spokane, we're looking at taking away lanes of Division Street for what they call rapid transit. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're, they want to have like dedicated lanes for buses, even though we see bus ridership is declined over the years and it's really low. We're funding STA at record levels, but we have less ridership. So they actually want dedicated lanes now. So the Spokane Taxing Authority, better known as STA, the Transit <laughs> Authority, is looking to fund projects that give them dedicated lane space where they actually want to ticket drivers that use those lanes unless they are immediately merging or, or turning into a uh, business or something. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, fortunately that is not the case here or unfortunately I'm not really sure how to, you know, one way or the other, but the point is, is this is really just reducing the traffic down to three. And like I say, for me, it's a naming issue because they focused on calling it the stormwater project. They brought it up with a whole bunch of suite of other projects. And to me, it's like, this is the biggest one that's going to have impact on everyday Spokane Valley commuters. Uh, we really should have called it, you know, the road, the lane reduction or something that would have spoke to people about what this project's really doing. Yeah, well, if, if they need room for swales, you would think that, you know, with how wide that is there, five lanes wide, 
instead of taking away two lanes, maybe they could just take away one lane and the width of half a lane on each side for those swales. I mean, I understand Department of Ecology is putting pressure on cities to do these things, but reduce the cost and still preserve an extra lane maybe. I, I don't know if that's even something that they've looked at. I think another another thing to talk about that is on both sides of the street is government property. On one side you have city hall, and on the other side you have the library. So, and there's plenty of uh, swale or uh, uh, area next to both of those buildings where you could. They call you it know, setback, right? Right, and, so, and so the setback plenty, is huge. Plenty yeah. of setback between like the the current sidewalks. Yeah, I mean that like we're talking about over 50, 60 feet between where the the lane ends and where the even beginning of the building is. So I, I yeah, I think you're right. I think that there, and then there's a whole shoulder and. I think a lot a lot more could have been done here. So maybe give up one lane instead of two or, or look right. at the setbacks and see, you know, what future development might look like if they can, you know, alter that plan. I think a lot of this is done in haste. I know that the city planning departments are trying to navigate, uh, you know, the complexities that our state legislature has put forward Absolutely. when it comes to zoning and how roads are used and, you know, the state funding uh, really is pushing transportation dollars into municipal governments, encouraging lane reductions. So they're navigating all of that uh, legal uh, mess that the legislature's caused, really. Yeah, I mean, the legislature is all over us in a lot of places, uh, especially public safety is another one where... Unfunded liabilities, right? right? Well, you're you're supposed to keep the the public safe, but they're funding all sorts of other things that don't fund more officers. Absolutely, absolutely. Diversion programs, you name it. You name it, and not fixing some of the biggest problems that we have when it comes to public safety. Um, This last session, uh, there were several um, proposed fixes for the Blake decision, which is a very important drug possession decision that made it so that drug possession is no longer a felony in the state. For my office... And that was basically, I just want to clarify that so everyone remembers, that was where... Blake, an individual, had drugs in their pocket, and they said, it's not my pants. Right. And uh, that kind of made it difficult because how do you prove that it's someone's pants that the drugs are in the pocket of? And so that kind of made it uh, muddied the waters for law enforcement. Basically, you're driving a car, drugs are in it. Well, uh, it's not my car. I I didn't know about the drugs. Or I didn't put them there, you know. It's like, okay, but you're in possession of them, you know. If they're in the glove box. Yeah, so we, this this left us with a legislative hole, basically, in terms of drug possession. Uh, um, many solutions have been put forward, including one by Jacqueline Maycumber. That was really a clean bill that would have solved this problem for us. But unfortunately, the legislature, in its wisdom, did not pass that. So I actually proposed... That, that died in committee then? It, it actually... Yes, it did die in committee. Um, I actually proposed uh, last week during the council session that we use our power as a code city, as a home rule city here in Washington State, to try and fix this. Because what I'm hearing from our officers in Spokane Valley is that this leaves the hole for converting people into CIs, confidential informants. That's really the key to making a, a big fight in the drug war that we're that we're dealing with. Yeah, and the and the drug war isn't really our war on drugs. It's the 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 war that drugs are waging in our communities because right. we've let this situation get out of control. Plus we've got all the drugs coming in from China, Mexico, uh, into our cities and, and the drug cartels are taking control. And of course they're finding lots of people that are going to take advantage of that and sell those drugs. And, uh, you know, one of the issues I'm seeing in, uh, the drug war is that over the decades, the city of Spokane 
really hasn't increased any funding for what they call controlled buys. And so you've got these informants, you've got law enforcement that know who the people are, but unless you have the resources to do a controlled buy, you can't bust them for, you know, the drugs unless you just stumble across it. Now we're just waiting for uh, these drug related crimes, these criminals to commit violent crimes to right. then bust them for their drugs. Because we can't even stumble across it anymore. That's the big problem. We're not pulling the them t- over. Well, and, and yeah. we're not pulling them over. And even if we did, the Blake decision, yeah, we have a lot of problems. A lot of problems. Well, the, the pulling over things, you got the Blake decision, yes. and you also have the initiative that's coming right. up with the ability for police to pursue criminals. I mean, a couple years ago, this occurred where the police really couldn't pursue anymore. So you actually had criminals, drug dealers, prolific criminals calling 911, telling them to tell the law enforcement officer that's pursuing them to stop because they can't lawfully pursue them in Washington. It's absolutely absurd. Absolutely. And this is another place where our legislature just has dropped the ball. Suzanne Schmidt, our fourth district uh, representative out in the Valley, actually helped pass a little bit of a fix for this, but we couldn't get the whole way. That's why we need this initiative to really bring that power back to law enforcement to take care of this for us. Well, and in the supplemental budget in Washington state, I know they were going to spend like $2.7 billion having to do with the opioid crisis, but in the language of the bill, it actually didn't say it was going to bust the drug traffickers. It was going to monitor right. the drug traffickers like uh, uh, monitor. Why not bust them? You know, I mean, right. are we just going to deal with the opioid crisis as people are overdosing? Because that's another thing they want to oh, find man. more people to have these uh, not uh, anoxalone. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then also there's another bill that's moving through the legislature now that wants to fund testing sites so that the drug addicts can test their drugs to see if they're lethal or not. What? I mean, so we're going to aid and abed criminals possessing illegal drugs to help them do drugs and make sure that they're safe. Yeah. I I think, are the drug cartels going to match funds on this one? I don't know. I think it's insane. Good question. Yeah. Like you say, the uh, naloxone issue is another another big one. You know, a lot of uh, uh, um, different municipalities are using the uh, uh, funds from the opioid settlements for that purpose. And to me, that's really kind of a reactionary purpose. I mean... There's some of these guys will overdose two, three times a day, and we're not doing anything by buying more of that. We really need to attack that problem. Yeah, that's like filling potholes, uh, the problem of potholes. Well, just put a sidewalk in. Paint a bike lane on the road. If <laughs> you, got, you got potholes, paint a bike lane. You could put some koi fish in the holes. Right. There you go. Make, make it uh, art. Well, we do fund art on the streets in Spokane. Maybe that's, I would not bring <laughs> that out to the valley. anxiety reducers. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I don't think people standing in the road watching fish is going to be a safety thing, especially with an all-time high in pedestrian-involved incidents. So we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to Right Spokane Perspective. We are only on the air and podcast because you support this program. You, the listeners, we are listener-supported. Keep us on the air to keep all these interviews and shows going. Please go to rightspokaneperspective.com. There's a donate button there. Or you can send your donation to Right Spokane Perspective LLC, PO Box seven six two zero nine nine two zero seven. Thanks, and back to the show. And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective on this Thursday episode. We have Al Merkel from the city of Spokane Valley in with us today. Uh, you know, we were talking about the legislature and all the wonderful things they're doing to us. You know, I always encourage the listeners to, you know, obviously we talked about praying for the legislature. Go to rightspokaneperspective.com. There's a list there to pray for those legislators. Pray for wisdom. Many of them need redemption. So you can pray for that as well. Also, go to the government-funded, that's taxpayer-funded, 
uh, social media site, ledge.wa.gov. There's all sorts of issues on there that you can comment on. And, you know, don't use emojis. Use actual words. They definitely, the legislature needs to hear from you on bills having to do with criminal justice, education, uh, the opioid crisis, anything that you might be interested in. It's ledge.wa.gov, L-E-G.wa.gov. And you can comment on the bills. If a bill really concerns you, you can comment there, but you can also leave a message on the legislative hotline. That's 1-800-562-6000, 1-800-562-6000. Our lawmakers need to hear from us or it's not representative government. I also want to encourage you to go to fpiwaction.org. So I happened to open an email this week and boy, this is really simple. If you go to fpiwaction.org, they actually have a list, a Defenders Take Action list of all the bills that are going on that you can register pro for. You can read a little bit about the bill, and then you can hit the button, and it will allow you to go there and make a comment or um, share your thoughts and, and feelings on that. It's so, a digital way of actually, instead of going all the way over to Olympia and testifying on a bill, you can leave a comment on a bill, or if you don't have a comment that you want to leave, you can just basically sign in in opposition or for what legislation that you find there that, that yep. piques your interest. If you hit that button, it will take you to ledge.wa.gov, right to the bill where you fill in your information, leave your comment. Very simple. FPIW, thank you for that. That is the simplest thing that I have seen yet. Yeah, that's a that's a great resource, FPIW. So during the break, we were talking uh, also about the project out in the city of Spokane Valley talking about reducing the five lanes of Sprague down to three and Shannon pulled up a little information from uh, a past article. A in the past Spokesman article. Review. Yeah, I was doing a little bit of research and uh, spokesman review. This was from September 2022. So it was talking about uh, speeding on Sprague is a significant problem. According to traffic studies, more than 60% of drivers break the speed limit on the segment of Sprague near Belfar Park and more than 120 drivers top 50 miles an hour on an average day. So their thoughts on trimming down Sprague would also benefit the Spokane Valley Rathrum Prairie Aquifer, which provides drinking water most to most Spokane and Kootenai County residents. Uh, Sprague Avenue stormwater drops into dry wells and infiltrates into the aquifer without being treated. Runoff can include pollutants left atop the asphalt, such as oil. Reducing the number of lanes on Sprague would allow Spokane Valley to install swales on either side of the road. The swales would act like sponges, and they'd be full of plants that would soak up the water and clean it in the process. According to the traffic studies, the lane reduction shouldn't worry drivers concerned about increased congestion. The five-lane segment between University and Herald accommodates 20% of existing capacity. Now, we were looking at these road diets like in the city of Spokane. It obviously slows people people down but if they're worried about pollutants it also makes for congestion where you're doing far less than the speed limit because you're just sitting in traffic so we talked about this a little bit in the first half you know one of the things that we could do like the city of spokane we have no officers dedicated it's been several years we have no officers dedicated to traffic enforcement instead they just want to set up cameras and ticket people that way but i think the presence of law enforcement is the best deterrent for bad actors whether it's graffiti or speeding i'm really glad you bring that up tim because that that's one of the biggest challenges that i'm having with the city council um my predecessor left us with a pretty big hole when it comes to law enforcement it's a it's a a huge hole so um by every measure so we are at 0.8 officers per thousand 
thousand. Spokane City is at one point two. And um, the national average is 2.4. That's right. The Washington State average is about 1.5. We're always a little bit short. But we well, are... We're 51st in the nation. Right. So uh, behind District of Columbia, we have right. less officers per capita than any place in the nation, which is absurd. And Spokane Valley might be 52nd. Um, because yeah. right now we are just short 20 to 30 officers. Um, to think about that, you know, our, our officer, our current number of officers has been the same since about 2010 when the city's population was about 60,000. So the population has more, has almost doubled almost in that doubled, time. Yeah. And our police officers haven't changed at all. Um, you know, I can't, I don't understand what the thinking was behind that. You know, going forward, I mean, I'm a I'm a good conservative who doesn't like to see budgets increase, but when it comes to public safety, that is our primary focus, and that is our number one job. So I've been really strong on trying to mention that at every single council meeting, make it the uh, forefront of every single council meeting to try and resolve that issue. Well, there's a lot. I I don't think there's an, a lot of appetite by the taxpayers to pay more taxes to government because a, a lot of it's. Yeah wasted we you know we see the sta you know look at the empty buses uh, you know a, a co-worker uh well and my kids you know i've talked to people we used to count how many people were on the bus because a lot of times during the day these expensive vehicles are driving throughout the city tearing up the roads and they have like two three passengers it, it's re, it's ridiculous how much money we spend there yeah. but there's other areas where we we spend a lot of money where government has grown we haven't added law enforcement uh you know Good example, the taxpayers said no pretty much area-wide to the school bonds this last right. election, and they barely passed the levies. There was very low voter turnout, 30% area. If more people had turned out to vote, I think the levies would have failed as well. People don't want to pay more taxes because they see government adding all of these uh, recruits for like diver diversity, equity, inclusion programs, right. all yeah. these other uh, like bureaucratic things that have to do with the uh, controversial engagement of government into, uh, you know, social engineering. Sure. But we're not seeing the potholes filled. We're not seeing the, the infrastructure maintained. We're not seeing policing uh, increased as the budgets because the budgets are you know, the city of Spokane Valley hasn't had to raise taxes in most areas for a very long time yeah. because there was so much growth and there was so much more money coming in with that growth, but it ended up going to state mandates to do all these other ridiculous things that municipal government in the past was not tasked with. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a piece of it. I mean, it's also uh, it's also important to recognize the kind of growth that we were having. Um, so we, we had a lot of population growth without having attributable business growth. And as we all know here in Washington State, our primary factor for taxes is sales tax. So if our sales tax isn't keeping up with our population growth, unfortunately, our overall budget isn't going to keep up in the long run, too. Uh, and I think that that's one of the problems that we've had with city planning out in the valley. And something that my uh, uh, my predecessor was actually a big fan of is, oh, grow the valley as big as population as possible. I think a lot of people are not a big fan of that now. I thought business was uh, growing pretty big out in the valley. Is there Was it... Uh not commensurate to the population growth because it, it seems like a lot of stores left the city of Spokane because of our high taxes. This and, is true. And went to the valley. That is true. That is what happened in the early 2010s. But unfortunately, as we all know, a lot of stores haven't made it through the transition to online business. So we've seen a lot of that retail sales drop 
Um, you know, we've seen automotive sales drop recently. So yeah, unfortunately from the tax base perspective, we just haven't seen a commensurate growth between the population growth and the business sales growth. Um, so I think that that's one of the challenges that we have. One place where we've seen a lot of growth, unfortunately, that you know all of us would recognize is marijuana sales. So Spokane Valley now has some of the largest producers of marijuana in this state. None of us would have voted, you know, Spokane Valley, that was not a popular thing to choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those businesses exist. They hire people. They bring a lot of uh, uh, income into the area. But unfortunately, because of the way the state gobbles up all that tax money, none of it comes back to Washington state. So that's one of the things that I'm trying to work on, uh, with, uh, our legislature, uh, with, uh, Suzanne Schmidt, representative Suzanne Schmidt, who's going to help me, uh, pass a new law in Washington state to be able to bring more of that money back to uh, Spokane Valley. Well, and there was promises with the marijuana taxes right. that the, the money was going to go to education. It was going to go to law enforcement and the vast majority of it just went right into the general fund that's right. of Washington state government. If you look at the general fund of Washington state, government. And I just want people to remember this. We have seen a ballooning. We think that inflation is high on a cost of living. The biggest cost of living inflation has been government. We went from 2003 to 2023. We went from about a $23 billion state budget to Mm a $71 billion state budget. That's right. Just, I think in the last five years, the state budget grew by $27 billion, which is, you know, over a quarter of the size of government growth just in five years. That's absolutely uh, right. You know, with a state that started in, uh, what was it, uh, 1889? Yeah. You know, I think I think that's a, a, a really bad testament to the leadership in our state government. So where did all that marijuana money go? Well, it went for subsidized housing to pay people not to work because they're too busy smoking pot. That's right. And that's, that's why I want to ask for some of it back. Uh, I estimate that if we were able to get just 10% of that money back, that would be approximately $10 million to the Spokane Valley budget, which would be more than sufficient to compensate for all of the officers that we need and keep providing the great public safety that our folks expect. Well, and that was one of the original things with the that huge tax on marijuana sales was that they were supposed to bolster law enforcement right. to deal with with the drug crisis that we're in, of course, they want to ignore the marijuana issues that came from, you know, That's exactly legalizing right. marijuana. Because one of the things that your on, uh, law enforcement officers in the city of Spokane Valley are dealing with is the same thing statewide, where they have a lot more tragic accidents That's because right. people are high on marijuana and also uh, other contaminants, if you will. But it, it's really an issue of, do we have law enforcement to enforce our laws in many areas? Because it's, you know, it's not just the, you know, cost of an officer where okay they're sitting at an accident half the day because someone was smoking pot and turned on a one-way going the wrong way you've seen that happen but they're not pulling over all the people that aren't buying their car tabs two three four years so that's digging into our transportation budget to pay for other things because their people aren't renewing their car tabs because no one's pulling them over for well anything that's right. It's a it's a big circle. It's a big chain of, of events that has led us to be in a very bad place. Meanwhile, the state has all this money to fund DEI and all these extra special programs that, you know, fit right up the uh, uh, alley of the people who want to uh, go with those, the special interests, as you say. Yeah. Um, so we just need some of that money back to pay for law enforcement. It's not necessarily the way that our city wish to have businesses here, but it's what we've got. And those businesses should be paying in the same as every other business. 
Well, and we also see our state government taking more and more money from us on the east side here and then funneling it back into other things, you know, whether it's we're going to spend a million dollars per homeless person next year because of the massive amounts that we're putting into homelessness programs. Maybe right. if we just got them off of drugs and put them into a job, we wouldn't have to spend so much money. But also we're, we're putting money into corporations. We're spending, you know, federal dollars and state dollars at, uh, you know, the airport and construction projects for private entities. It right. was just in the paper. We're going to spend $5 million on a system for Kaiser Aluminum. Now, I'm not against Kaiser Aluminum, but why is government so engaged in every facet of of, of commerce? I, I think that that's not government's traditional role. I completely agree. And that's, that's why, like you say, at the ballots this year, we've got governor's races, we've got legislative races, we've got all kinds of things where we can take back charge on some of those issues because it's very important that we really consider doing that. Well, we need a complete leadership change, I think, at the state level. It's been controlled by one party for uh, pretty much my whole entire lifetime. And I think that that party has gone, I think, out of their mind. I think that they're just totally out of touch with reality of what everyday citizens face. And we can't just continue to fund poverty programs. Right. We have to fund municipal government so that we're not, uh, you know, impoverished because the damage that the streets are doing to our roads or because we can't continue to replace the garage door that's getting you know vandalized right. or kicked in by criminals that just continually go through that revolving door little side note i didn't see them wanting to fund a new jail when our original <laughs> jail was funded by state dollars back in the 80s and if you talk about the growth in the city of spokane you look at the growth in the city of spokane valley right our population has doubled or more than doubled yep. and the jail space has not. So yes, again, call your legislators and get ready to vote. Make sure you get everyone to turn out and vote in the upcoming elections for the house of representatives, the governor and, and any of the other races that show up on your ballot. We need a leadership change and fast. All that being said, we'll be with you folks again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye. You have been listening to Right Spokane Perspective. We are sponsored by Right Spokane Perspective LLC and made possible by advertisers you hear and contributions from listeners like you.